Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Two Writing Teachers podcast. My name is Stacey Schubitz. I'm here with my colleagues and co-hosts, Melanie Meehan and Amy Ellerman. Two Writing Teachers is a meeting place for a world of reflective writers. And here on the podcast, we're excited to talk about ways to create, lead, and sustain joyful and productive writing workshops. Let's work together, inspiring and empowering students to be competent, brave, and confident writers. Hi there. So how are you ladies today? We're in the middle of summer right now while we're recording this. So it is a, I am feeling relaxed and good. Me too. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Yeah. That's in like the middle of July podcast here, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's good. It's good. Although I'll be personally happier once we're in cooler temperatures of fall, but that's just me. Um, so, enough, Stacey. <laughs> so, I have a feeling that both of you are going to agree with what I'm about to say, and my assumption is that most of the people who are listening are going to feel the same way, but I think that I speak for both of you when I say that teachers of writing need to be writers themselves. It's just something that I think those of us who have been with two writing teachers really hold at the core of what we think is really important and what helps writing instruction be really authentic. Agree? No. Disagree? <laughs> no, you know what? I mean, having just written a book and having had to really, really distill my own guiding beliefs about writing instruction, that is one of my four. That, um, within everything about writing instruction, a core belief, and and like I said, I really boiled them down, was that write, teachers of writing should write. Um, and I think it for a whole number of reasons. But I will say that one of the, that the first reason, and Amy, you wrote such a beautiful blog post about it, um, and I think it it should be in the show notes. And this is the, this is like the biggest reason for me is that you understand the process and you understand that you understand the non re the or the the recursiveness and the non linearness of writing and the messiness of writing in a more authentic way when you've grappled yourself with trying to come up with a piece. Um, no, Amy, jump in because you, you again in, and I don't want to put you on the spot, but you put, you had such beautiful things in the post that I'm talking about where, about the magic. It's not the magic, but it is the power of being a teacher who writes. Yeah. Back from February. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's funny because you said that and I was like, well, which post are you referencing? Because I feel like it's a common thread Mm -hmm. in a lot of my posts, that idea of, just the impact it has on my teaching because I understand what it means to write. And when you think about breaking down um, instruction into, um, you, ha- you have to understand the thinking work yourself to be able to break it down to help make that thinking work visible to young writers. Kids need to see the messy. Like I don't have neat notebooks. I can have neat handwriting when I want to, but my notebooks are not neat. They are a 
a lot of chicken scratch and pretty messy with cross outs. And I think that that's fundamentally important for kids to see because they need to see that it's not all that perfect handwriting all the time. Like my first thought is not always the one that I want to have. And it's often the one that I cross out and don't keep. Yeah. So you're jumping into the impact that it has on kids and kids seeing you as writers. And I think that that's a huge part also. So like there's two, there's almost like two different columns of it. And maybe there's a third one because there's the whole piece about, for me, um, I mean, well, I'm going to start with like the first two as I'm seeing them, right? Because you have the, the first column that we started with of what it does for a teacher to understand the process and what it's like to actually be in, be in, in the, right there in the struggles of being a writer and, and not thinking of a topic or of not figuring out how to start and like, you know, be in the trenches there. And then you have the second whole idea of kids seeing that messiness and not just seeing the finished beautiful product in mentor text, but also seeing and appreciating that their teacher's a writer and, and being able to see that process that the teacher has for kids. Um, and then I would just throw out another whole idea of, of why it's important, and that's because when a teacher writes, a teacher can create exemplars and demonstration pieces that are tailored to the kids in front of them. So it's a way to be incredibly responsive to the students that they're working with. Like, you know, my daughters wouldn't relate to certain stories that are in curriculum that I'm thinking about, but they would relate to a story about stage fright, right? Um, Sure. So I think that, you know, and and those are just three reasons, and I'm sure that there are more, but those are big ones. They are big ones. And you listed the third one third and said, oh, maybe it's this way. And I think that actually is definitely a huge part of it, but I feel like you have, you can't have number three without one and two. It just, it it doesn't, it, it doesn't add up. Um, you can sit there and say, okay, I'm going to create some exemplary text for my students. Like I'm going to model it after their writing. But if you're not used to doing writing on a frequent basis, you you don't know how to do that. It's going to feel like, um, completely mysterious to you and it will be really difficult. I think it also does a disservice to kids when, writing is modeled as something that looks like it comes out and just this one clean linear, you know, line. And <laughs> I, I think for kids watching that, they think, well, it's not easy like that for me. So that must mean I'm not good at it. Or that must mean, you know, something negative as opposed to being transparent about how hard and messy it is and the, all the thinking work that has to happen. And demystifying that and normalizing that makes kids feel so much safer trying and digging in themselves when they see, um, you know, another writer, you know, engaging in the process the way that it really looks, not a modeled pretty, I'm the teacher, so everything is perfect, but Mm -hmm. I'm a writer, 
And so it can be a mess and that's okay. Expect that, lean into that and kind of celebrate that. I wish that I, like if, if, if this were a blog post, I would highlight that whole paragraph. Um, and, and it isn't, it's a podcast, so I can't, I'd be like, wait a second, Amy, say it again, <laughs> because I, I think there's beauty in the teacher using demonstration writing pieces quickly and as demonstration writing in their mini lesson and, and they should, and there's also, is it danger, um, or is it misrepresentation? I'm not sure, but, but if you are writing a piece fast in front of kids that's really a piece you wrote the night before that's planned and pre-done then you are kind of modeling and showing them a process that isn't an authentic process which could skew their understanding of what the process is and how it's accessible or not accessible to them. I agree with that because at that point, just show the demonstration text. But I'll tell you what I've done with a few teachers who really feel like they are trying to do this and they're trying to do the mini lessons well and they're trying to be a teacher who writes and it's really hard. What I'll often say to them is, you know, have a map for yourself, whether it's a bullet pointed list or it's a story map or some other thing that you've jotted out jotted down like just have like a little guide to the side to help you like jog your memory of what you want to do but don't have the whole text because then you're just wasting precious 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 minutes yeah and i think it's okay to say this took me an hour last night because I really yeah. struggled with this part. Yeah. And this line is connected to what we're doing as writers. So let's zoom in on just this part and let me show you how I thought through and found a solution for myself. Love you know, that. That's okay. Love that. Mm -hmm. But that requires that a teacher wrote their own piece and didn't take the piece from a, a curriculum, which mm. exists in a lot of places. Like, you know, let's... We've all seen it. We've all seen, We've all seen it. it. And, um, you know, when you're new to something, it feels like the right thing to do, but um, don't do it. Um, <laughs> don't do it. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard. And I think that we really need to acknowledge that struggle. Um, I'm like, the struggle, I, I, struggle is real. Yeah. The struggle is real. And I will say, like, I, I think I'm in this weird place where, like, I had a teacher in 1983 who actually did writing workshop. I didn't know that it was writing workshop. That's a whole other story for a whole other time. But I was really lucky. She called us writers and she let us write tons of books that she put in the classroom library. So, like, I just grew up feeling really confident about myself as a writer. Am I great? I'm okay. Do I still have a lot to learn? Absolutely. But like, I come from a different place where like, I was built up really young. And there are so many teachers who have had some really traumatic experiences as writers. Um, at some point in their academic career, they were told that they weren't enough or their piece wasn't good enough, or it was torn apart um with red pen, red pen yes red pen i don't like red pen um, <laughs> uh, not a red pen that i'm holding yeah um but you know and i, I worry about that and um 
you know, I feel like that is a real struggle that people um, need help getting over. And um, there are yes. ways to get so over that's like, But you're underscoring the importance of being a teacher who writes. And I'm not saying make excuses. I'm just saying, yeah. like, there's a lot of people who've had, because I've done you know, so much of this through the years that, I mean, there's so much trauma that's out there. The stories are like horrible that people have right. shared with me and it's, oh. So one of the things that I talk about doing, and I think I've, I have written a blog post about this, is um, creating writing timelines. So like, what are the things that you remember in your writing life? Like Amy's got a big one because she just got her MFA in, in writing. Like that would be like a big one on a writing timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, and Stacy, you've got the one like going back to your classroom of a teacher who had you like doing writing workshop in 1983, right? But yeah. what are the ones that are positive and what are the ones that are negative? And being a teacher who writes means knowing those in your life, I think, I, th- I think it's really, I think you can do that. And well, I think I, you can't, sorry, go ahead, Amy. I was going to say, and I think those experiences, positive or negative, help you to have empathy for your own, the writers in your workshop, so that you can anticipate and maybe um, be responsive when you, when you see certain types of writers and writer identities, so that you can support all kids in developing more positive writing identities because you understand how it feels when something was not positive. Yeah. And you've thought about it and reflected on it. As you were saying the part about the writing timeline, it, it brought me right back to freshman year of college with a professor who did not appreciate the fact that I wrote a paper with a 103 degree fever and mono and basically told me that my high school failed in educating me. And I remember calling my father from a payphone, crying payphone. We're dating. I'm, I'm dating myself, but like <laughs> crying. Um, and you know, he picked me up, and I felt better. But I mean, that is something I haven't thought about in a long time. Um, so I guess my question to you is like, do you do this work with kids, and like at what point, or is it just with teachers? Because I feel like. Some kids by upper elementary school have had some really good experiences and some really traumatic experiences. Mm. Um, How much, if you've done it with kids, are they willing to share? But if we want to just leave that behind, how do you do this with grownups, let's say in a staff development? Because I love the idea and I totally want to steal it and you need to share about it quickly. <laughs> I, I will I will cite you of course but you know what I mean all of them I've done timelines with teachers and I've done timelines with kids older kids and younger kids and I think that it is a really powerful thing to do with them um I it, I've written I've written about it in I think two of the books and and in a and on a blog post um, about doing timelines with, with kids and saying, what do you remember? It can be something, you know, just from the year at, at the end of the year or at the beginning of the year from whatever they can remember, like from the time they told stories. And I think that when you start shining a light that way and getting to know them, that's a cool thing. I feel like that could almost be another pod, another podcast, like the importance of writing identities for for kids and adults, 
But it, it also just underscores the importance of teachers knowing and understanding themselves and their identities as writers mm -hmm. to the point that Amy made of, of having empathy when you sit down next to a writer, right? So some of, um, I also work as a teacher consultant with Colorado Writing Project, and that is specifically working with teachers around um, teacher as writer and really investing some time in yourself as a teacher writer and also, you know, best practices around workshop instruction. And one of the first things that we always do is we ask teachers to write um, their history as a writer in whatever form they want to. And they, so they craft, you know, whichever part of their story they want to share. And to me, the powerful part as sort of the leader of the workshop is we offer them a ton of feedback written feedback in the form of a letter based on what they have shared with us. And there's that connection that happens with um, acknowledging sort of the story that they're sharing with us and offering feedback in a way um, that is uh, just so honoring and affirming of their own experiences that can often, when you ask about like, how do you do this work? You know, how does it begin to shift where you really start to see shift, especially when people have had, some traumatic experiences in the past around writing. It helps Which leads to like a whole nother reason that teachers write, right? For that reflection and that that um, validation as a human being, right? And mm -hmm. and understanding that. So, you know, Stacy, you started the podcast with the idea that nobody's gonna nobody's gonna argue this one, probably who's listening. But I do think that. There are, I hadn't really thought about the, the buckets of, under, of, of reasons to write before in the same way. And I, I think it's a big deal. I think I'd add a fourth one to Amy's point of understanding the reasons that people write in the world. And, you know, it's not just to entertain and persuade and inform, but it's also to really get in touch with yourself and to connect with others. And that's a really important and cool thing. So thanks for that. Absolutely. Okay. Well, uh, I think we'll probably come back to this again, right? I think we probably will. It's a guiding belief. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially when it comes to um, the March challenge. Um, I think we'll probably be revisiting this again and again throughout the podcast. Uh, so I'm glad that we got started with it today. And I'm sure that we're going to talk about it again sooner rather than later. Ah, feel free to write to us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening to the Two Writing Teachers podcast. Check out the show notes for links to the items we mentioned in this episode, as well as ways to connect with us. For more about the teaching of writing, head over to the Two Writing Teachers blog at twowritingteachers.org. If you liked what you heard today, please share it with your friends and colleagues, post about it on social media, like, subscribe, and leave us ratings and reviews. Our music is by Lemon Music Studio. If you'd like to connect with us, email us at contact at twowritingteachers.org. Thanks again for listening. Let's teach, learn, and write on together.